You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, City Hope. How we doing? Happy Father's Day. It's so good to see you. Welcome to church. Uh, I want to look into the camera and say hello to all those who are joining us online, on Facebook, YouTube, on the app. We're so excited to have you a part um, of our extended church family, and uh, what a beautiful Father's Day uh, to be here in church together today. Um, I think it is pretty awesome what all God is doing around our church and through our church. I mean, how about that? Over 70 kids at Summer Blast, and there was uh, 30 of you who served. Yeah, some of you served at Summer Blast, and then you served the city on Saturday, and uh, just so awesome. We got to partner with so many different people, and uh, we made a huge difference for the kingdom of God this week, everybody. And so that's just awesome. I think you ought to clap and thank everyone who served and who was a part of that. And again, it's Father's Day, so happy Father's Day. It is so good to see you today. I need to tell you uh, that uh, Father's Day, uh, historically in the church world, is the lowest attended Sunday of all year. Do you know that? That it is the lowest attended Sunday of all year. And I think you can look around today, 9 o'clock service, and see that this is a game-changing Father's Day, that you're making a statement And hey, I think that says something about our church and the men of our church. Come on, somebody, come on. That's a big deal. And I just, uh, I just wanted to start by just saying I had no idea what to expect. But I, I, I'm just looking around this room. I just want to say that by you being here this morning, setting the example for your kids, you are making a generational difference for your family. And it starts with the Father. It does. And so uh, thank you for showing your faith. And also thank you for honoring God with your time. I believe he's going to bless you with it. That you're taking, I hope you're taking a good Sabbath. I hope your kids are maybe cooking you some good food. Or maybe they got you some. Or maybe your maybe you're little ones. I hope you get to spend a full day with your little ones. I hope you get to Sabbath well today. And so thank you, thank you. I'm so glad that you made church a part. You are making a statement and a generational difference, everybody, and I just think it's so awesome. So, hey, dads, if you're looking for a church, there's, uh, there's not even a seat left here for you to... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we would... I, I, think, I think it's awesome. We got some great men a part of our church, and that's not something you see everywhere. So, awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, with Father's Day, I am uh, bringing you a message in our Summer at City Hope series about a father, a famous father. Does anybody remember Father Abraham? Yeah, should I do like last week with Zacchaeus? Father Abraham had many sons. I am one of them, and so are you. Let's all praise the Lord. Right arm, Father. Are we? Are we? Are we doing the full thing? We can't. Y'all, y'all drank the Christian Kool-Aid too, and so we all, we all did. We all did, and. Uh, I want to make sure my wife has that song going on downstairs so your kids know it too, because that's a, that's a core memory, and that's, that's who we're talking about, uh, Father Abraham, who had many sons, which is kind of ironic, because he didn't, and, but he ended, he, he, <laughs> he ended up having many sons, but the, <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about today, Abraham. Um, Abraham is nicknamed the father of faith, and so when we talk about Abraham, of course we talk about faith, but uh, just to... Uh, just to kind of start this message, you need to understand that even though Abraham is nicknamed the father of faith, when you read his story, his story in the book of Genesis takes up at least, the first, or at least a whole quarter of the book of Genesis. It's an important story. And, uh, and he, even though he is nicknamed later the father of faith, he has many failures. Abraham was a failure at many different times. He disobeyed. He did not listen God had to get him back on track sometimes. And so for those of you who are listening to this message, if you are a father, uh, here is some relief for you. Fathers, dads, we don't get it right all the time. You don't get it right all the time. And so uh, you're not going to get it right all the time. But the good news is, is that God can use those failures and he can turn them around and he can redeem them. And we're going to see that in this story. And so it's never too late uh, for God to redeem that past. And so uh, Abraham, the father of faith, Uh, You know why we call him the father of faith is because in Hebrews chapter 11, in the New Testament, there's a verse 
uh, that talks about the great people of faith. Uh, in fact, Hebrews chapter 11 is nicknamed the Hall of Fame of Faith because it lists many different people of faith. And it talks about Abraham being, uh, being a person of great faith. And when we think about faith, I was thinking about faith this week. When we talk about faith, faith is one of those Bible words that we use a lot, but I think a lot of us really don't understand. You know, what, what, is, what is faith? And if I would ask you that this morning, what is faith to you? What, 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 what is faith? To simplify it, I think I'll just give you this definition, that I believe that faith is the ability that when you have no clue what's going on around you, you can still take that next step. So even though you can't see the next step clearly, even though you're kind of confused with everything going on around you, faith is the ability to continue to take the next step forward, even though you don't have a clue what's happening. Faith is really the ability to trust even when you don't get it. It's the ability that I can trust my God even when I don't understand what he's doing. I can still trust him and take those next steps. And I think if Abraham, I love to do this. You'll notice in a lot of my messages when I do character studies, I like to just uh, ask this question. When, when, if, if Abraham was here with us today, if the father of faith was here with us today, what would he preach about? What would he preach about? I'm convinced that if Abraham was preaching to you on Father's Day, I think he'd say that when, when you don't understand God's ways, God always does the right thing. Can I get an amen? Like, I, I, think, I, think that's a, I think that's a good point. For when, for when you don't understand God's ways, God always, he always does the right thing. And so the, the reason, but, but the, the problem with us is, and the reason that we have to teach this is because all of us have been in a moment in life, have had situations in life where we felt like God is not doing the right thing. You ever been in that season of life? You feel like, man, I don't understand what you're doing, Lord. Why are you leading me in this way? I don't know if you're doing. You ever question, anybody ever question God? Like, man, I just don't know if you're doing the right thing. Are you sure? <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, Lord, are you sure? Are you absolutely positive this is what you want to do in my life? And I know many of us, we've been there before, and you're going to see that in Abraham's story today. In fact, we, I want to study three different stories um, from Abraham. Like I said, there's a lot to study. In fact, I think I'm going to do a message series just on Abraham. This, this message has inspired me to, <laughs> I could do like an eight-week message series just on the life of Abraham. Probably won't be that long, but I'm going to do that sometime, maybe this fall. Um, but I'm going to give you three different short stories to show you a little bit about Abraham's faith and to show you that God always does the right thing. I think we're going to learn how to trust better. And through the, through the stories of Abraham, we can learn how to trust. We can learn how to build our faith level. And I believe that's what's going to happen today. Um, but here's the problem. Uh, when we talk about faith, a, a lot of the times when, when Christians say that they have faith, the world will look at us and, and they'll say, well, have you ever heard the phrase that Christians are just blind? You know what I mean? Like, like you're, just, you're just blind to the whole world. Because we use our faith, people think that Christians are blind. Well, can I tell you that faith is not blind? <laughs> faith is not blind. It's not, it's not this, well, I, I, I don't get it, so I'm just going to be this dummy over here. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's not what it is. Instead, faith is trusting that our God is so much bigger, <laughs> that he's so much greater, that there are things, do you know that there are things that you're just never going to understand? Like, you're never going to understand them until you get to heaven, everyone. Like you're, there, there are some things that are going to happen that are just, we're just not going to understand it. We're not meant, we don't have the capacity to understand everything that God does. And so that's why it takes, takes faith. That's why it takes trust. Trust is saying, hey, I'm okay with just knowing that later, that I don't have to know everything right now. In fact, how many of you dads, how many of you parents... Every parent, you want that trust in your kids, right? Like you don't want to have to explain every single little detail to them. This is, uh, you, you don't want to go around and say, this is why we're having pizza tonight. Because this is what I made. <laughs> you know, like, this is what we can afford tonight. This is what we're doing. Like you don't, want to have to, you don't want to have to explain every little detail to your kids. Instead, you say things like, well, you just don't understand right now, but you will later, right? Like you, you, you'll, they will eventually understand. That's what trust is. Trust is the ability of not having to explain it all the time. Trust is getting to the point of saying, hey, I'm okay with the things that I don't fully understand. And you know, that's part of my goal as your pastor. Part of my goal as your pastor is to get you to a place in your relationship with Jesus and your relationship with God 
where you fully trust him, where you're just okay with some of the things that you don't fully understand because God's going to do some things in your life that you may never, ever understand. I pray that you understand them one day, but there are some things that you just won't ever understand. And so it takes that faith and it takes that trust. And so now what I want to do is I, we, 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 as Christians, although we, want, although we live with that trust, although we live with that faith, we also want to understand the Bible, though, right? I mean, like, it, it, that doesn't stop us from pursuing Scripture, right? It doesn't stop us from, we, we want to learn, we want to grow together, but people of faith are just okay with the things that maybe we don't fully understand. And if, and, and if God said it, then that means that I'm going to trust him, because guess what? He's never let me down before. And so I'm going to, I'm going to use that trust. But how many of you know there are still some things that you, you, you just don't understand, in fact, I, have a, I, 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 was, I was with Emily last night. I was coming up with a list of questions that I just don't understand. Anyone have a list of things that, like, when you, when you get to heaven, you're just going to ask God, like, why or how or where? You know, like, anybody else got a list? I, I, I've got a list of those things for God, but I've also got a list of those things for, like, just regular old, like, everyday type of stuff. You know, I, I, in fact, I brought you, I think I brought it, here you go. I brought you a list. I brought you a list of just ponderable things. I've been working on this for all week, everyone. I've been, I've been thinking about these things. And so, like, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, like, I, do you, did you ever wonder, did Noah have woodpeckers and termites on the ark? You know what I mean? Like, think about this for just a minute. Were there woodpeckers and termites on the ark? And then how did he manage those woodpeckers those, and termites and... Just, just, a, just a thought. That's my Bible question. But I also have, you want my, the list of the rest of my ponderable questions. I kind of, I, I just have questions about life. Like, why is abbreviated such a long word? <laughs> like, think about it for just a minute. These are kind of dad jokes, by the way, too. And so I just thought, Father's Day, this was appropriate. Um, is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? I, I was asking Emily this last night. She got so mad. She turned out the light. She's like, we're going to bed. And, uh, but I did ask her this one. I said, why is it that when you transport something by car, it's called a shipment, but when you transport something by a ship, it's called a cargo? Like, you know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Some of you, that was over your head. That's okay. We'll get you down to kids' class next week. And uh, no. If you throw a, <laughs> I love this one because you guys know how much I love cats. Uh, and uh, if you throw a cat out of a car window, does it become kitty litter? Um, <laughs> all the cat lovers out there, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and then last night, I, I did ask Emily this one. I said, uh, why can't you tickle yourself? Think about that. Yeah, and she, and she said, I can tickle myself. And I said, prove it. And she couldn't. And uh, <laughs> so prove it if you think you can. You cannot. I just think that one's fascinating. Why can't you tickle yourself? And then uh, <laughs> how come at a wedding, I just did a wedding this weekend. How come at a wedding, the bride doesn't marry the best man? Why doesn't the bride marry the best man at the wedding? <laughs> you get it? All right. <laughs> this is my favorite one. Uh, and uh, there's one guy in the tech booth that's really going to like this one. He might be offended, so don't turn it off uh, back in the tech booth. What hair color do they put on the driver's license of bald men? You know, when they list the hair color, like what, what, what hair color? <laughs> you want one more? All right, all right. These are super cheesy, but I, I like them. Uh, why are they called apartments when they're really all together? Think about it. Like, they're called apartments, but they're, like, opposite. They're, yeah, they're together. All right. <laughs> you like those? I, I, I thought Father's Day. The little ponderable things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're good. Yeah, you can clap. You can, like, laugh. You can. It actually helps the experience when you laugh and clap and say amen, okay? And so, <laughs> good things. But how, how many of you know there's just some things in this world that just don't make sense? Like, they, they just don't make sense. And every one of us have had... Maybe you've not thought about tickling yourself, but uh, I don't know. Every one of us, we've had times uh, where we've we found things in life that don't make sense, and 
not only that, but there's many times in our walk with Jesus that there's times that God doesn't totally make sense. There's things that he does in our life that totally doesn't make sense. And I think if Abraham was here with us today, I think he would talk about those things. I think he would address that point in your life that doesn't make sense. I think he would address the point where you thought God was there, but then he blew it. You feel like that God just totally blew it apart. Or maybe he would address uh, the faithless issue that you have that about the day that maybe someone passed away and you thought, how could they, how could they go? How could God let them go? They were so good. They had so much life to live and you just don't understand why they're not here with us today. Maybe I think Abraham, if he was here, I think he would address the point to where maybe your faith is lacking, where God didn't show up when you really need, like you begged him to show up, you asked him to show up in this situation and you thought he should have, but it feels like he didn't. And, you know, I, I, I honestly think we all go through these different things in life where we just don't understand. And especially on Father's Day, you know, talking, talking about men, we just want, men just want to understand, don't we? Like, we just want to understand. In fact, that's, that's one of, I think it's one of the top reasons why so many men don't believe in God is because they can't just get to a full understanding of who he is. And that understanding takes faith, and it takes trust. And that's what I want to talk about today, because sometimes God is hard to understand. So like I said, we're going to look at three stories that we can learn from. The first story comes from Genesis chapter 15. We're going to be in verse 1 through 6 here. It says this. It says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram. By the way, Abraham and Abram. Abraham's, Abram's name is changed to Abraham at the very end of the story. God renames him. And uh, you'll see that a little bit later. But same guy, and God came to Abram in a vision and says, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, and I am your very great reward. I'm your great reward. God came to Abraham in a vision here to start this story where Abram is, he's very discouraged. He's upset. He hasn't had a son because he thought, God had originally promised him that he would be the father to many nations. And if you're going to be the father to many nations, how many of you know you at least need one son? Like you need, <laughs> you need one of them. And he's getting old. Abram's getting old now, and he's not the father to a single child at this point. So he's upset. He's frustrated. He doesn't understand what God is doing. And so God appears to him and says, hey, don't be afraid. I'm your shield. I'm your great reward. But Abram replies and says, oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of, Damasc uh, of, of Damascus? This is, his, this, this is his helper. This is, his, uh, this is the person that they have with them. So it's not, even, it's not even his blood error there. And Abram said, God, I'm going to have to give it to someone who's not even blood related to me. And he says, Abraham's, Abram said, you've given me no children and so a servant in my household, that's Eliezer's going to be my heir. And then the word of the Lord came to him and said, This man will not be your heir, but a son is coming from your own body and will be your heir. And so then, so God, God shows up and says, Abram, don't worry. You're going to have your own son. And then he takes him outside and he shows him, I want you to, what, what you're going to see here is that God has this dilemma. And his dilemma is, is that he can see it, but you can't. And so God can see something that Abram can't see. And he's, a, he's about to try to show Abram what, what he can see. So he takes, him out, he takes Abram outside and he says, look up at the heavens, count the stars, if indeed you could even count them. And then he says, hey, Abram this is what your offspring is going to be like. You're not going to be able to count it. And what he's saying, what, what God's saying here is he's saying, Abram, do you see it? Can't, can't you, like, I'm trying to give you a picture. Can you just see it? And that's what I want to do with you today. Because I personally believe that with, with Abram here, Abram still, even though God took him out and showed him the stars, you're going to see in the story that Abram still didn't get the point. He still didn't fully understand and we see, that, we, see, we see that because Abram still, after this story, after God appears to him, says that he's going to be a great nation, that Abram still doubts God on his faith walk. He, this wasn't, 
the life didn't just turn around at this point. No, he is still doubting God. And so if Abram was here with us today, I gave you the big main point, but I want to give you some sub-points here. So if you're taking notes, I think he, Abram would say that all, God always does the right thing, even if it takes a long time. And can I tell you, it took Abram a long time. I mean, he was, he's there like, God, I was expecting a child year, 50 years ago I was expecting a child, and that's where he's at. God, I thought I would have a child before now. And God's saying, trust me, Abram, trust me. And can I tell you that same thing? Maybe you're in that same moment where you're like, God, I thought this would happen before now. And God's giving you this moment in service today. We're looking at the stars. And he's saying, trust me. And listen, I, I know this even as your pastor, that there are things in your life that you're going to think that God waited way too long to do. <laughs> like there are situations in life that you thought, that you think that God, you could never redeem this. You could never bring us back. In fact, there's even stories in scripture that illustrate that that same thing, stories that we felt like were far too gone, but then Jesus shows up on the scene. You remember the story of Lazarus? Remember, Lazarus was dead. In fact, the Lazarus was so dead, the Bible said that he stinketh. And so if you want to want a verse to memorize, memorize the stinketh verse. You know, that's in the King James Version. Like, he, he stinketh, and it was gross. Like, that's how dead he was. But we all know how that turned out. Jesus shows up on the scene and even after everyone thinks that he's dead, he's gone, like there's no way to raise him back to life, Jesus raises Lazarus back from the dead. Everyone thought it took way too long. That the, 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 wait, the wait was far too long. And this is the same way in the story with Abraham here. God promised Abraham that he would be a father to multitudes, and Abram still doesn't have a son. And so there's a, there's a couple of things that I'm going to tell you about God today that just like this point that you're not going to like, but you just simply need to know. <laughs> and one of those things is that God is just simply notorious for just taking a long time. He takes a long time. Or what, can I say it like this? Or what it seems like to you is a long time. Because to him, it's not. And can I just tell you, until you get comfortable with the ways of God, you will never enjoy your walk with the Lord. Until I, I, you've got to understand the big picture, the way that he looks at it. And one of my goals for you is for you to go, hey, you know what? I might not, I, I might not, might, might not get him all the time, but I recognize that his ways are better, his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher than mine, that I'm, uh, all of a sudden when I recognize that, now I'm enjoying my walk with Jesus instead of just pushing and pushing all the time. And so here's Abraham. This is where he's at. Abraham didn't know. He, 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 didn't, he didn't get the whole stars thing. And so he took matters. What Abraham does is he takes matters into his own hands. And he decides, God, if you're not going to do it on my timeline, I'm going to do it. How many of you fathers out there, that's what you are? Like, if, if, if God, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to take care of it. Some of you are not just like that with, uh, with God, but you're like that with your kids. <laughs> you're like that with your wife, right? Like, if you're not going to do it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it done. How many of you are fixers? Do I have any fixers in the room? Like, I'm just, I have no fixers. I guess I'm the only one. <laughs> all right, we got, all right, we got some fixers. Yeah, like, it, I, I'm just going to fix it. How many of you have ever said that it, it would just be easier if I just do it myself? Yeah, you're a fixer, right? Like, I just, I, it would just be easier. I just want to fix it. Just tell, like, <laughs> when me and Emily are arguing about something, I just am like, Emily, just tell me what's wrong. Just tell me what it is. I'll fix it. Like, and I don't want it to be fixed. You can't fix it. I can fix it. I promise you, right? Like, we just want to fix it. We just want to fix it. And that's what Abraham wants to do here. He's like, God, I'm not waiting any longer. I'm going to fix it myself. I'm going to take care of it myself. And so because he has no child, what happens actually is his wife, Sarah, sends her handmaiden to Hagar, is her name, and, and says, well, maybe, okay, if, 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 if God won't give me a child as his wife, maybe I'll give my servant to him and he can have a child through the servant. Here's the story. In Genesis chapter 16, it says, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had this Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. And so she said to Abram, 
the Lord has kept me from having children. Now go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And for the first time in his life, Abram listened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, ma'am. You know, like that's what, as I, that's Abraham's like, all right. And can I tell you, this is dangerous. I, I, and I'm serious. We're like, we're getting into some dangerous territory because now we're trying to fix something. We're trying, what are we, we're playing God in the middle of all this. We're deciding that, okay, we're, I, I, I'll just, if, <laughs> if God can't do it, I know, how I, I know how it can get done. Like, I'll, I'll make sure that it gets done. And actually, what this, this happens, and you read later on in the story that Hagar has a son named Ishmael. And Ishmael is, is now Abram's first kind of, it is, it's Abram's first son, and it's through all the wrong ways. And by the way, Ishmael would cause problems for the people of God forever, forever. Because it's actually, it's known today that the descendants of Ishmael are all from the Arab nations. Like, it's the, it's still causing problems. This one mistake, this one time where I said, I'm going to play God and I'm going to do it myself, it is, it, that lack of patience right there cost Abraham a lot, and not only him, but his descendants. He's making a generational difference here. I'm telling you, that's even an understatement to what I'm telling you. And so I, here's what you need to understand. Our timing and God's timing is not the same. And a part of the whole faith thing, Part of the whole trusting journey is that we have to be careful, especially today in our instant society where we can get it now. Mom was just complaining to me about how Amazon packages arrive at my house in Murfreesboro in like one or two days, and it takes four days for her to get her packages. So she sends them to me, and then I hold on to them all week long. And, <laughs> you know, like I, they never get picked up. And so <laughs> just wait the four days. Right? Like, we're impatient. We want it now. Even if we don't need it now, but we want it now. Like, it, it's got to get here. And can I tell you, in our impatient society, God is a very patient God. He's patient. In fact, you ever heard, heard the joke about, about the guy who was questioning God? This guy was questioning God, and he said, God, what is, what is a million dollars like to you? And God said, oh, a million dollars, that's just like a penny. And he said, well, God, well, what, what's a million years like to you? And he said, oh, that's just like a, that's just a second to me. And so he says, oh, well, God, can I just have one of those pennies? And God said, sure, it'll just take a second. And, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, here we are. <laughs> You're getting it now, all right? 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient. He's patient with you, and he wants you to be patient. He wants his kids to be patient, too. It's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit that when you accept Jesus into your life, you get the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the powers of the Holy Spirit is the ability for you to be supernaturally patient. And we need that in our society. The second thing, that God does. God always does the right thing, even if it seems absurd. Man, if it doesn't, it just seems totally absurd. And from time to time, you're going to go in your life, God, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you serious? And here's the story with Abraham. God waits till Abraham is 99 years old to have a son. His wife's 89 years old. She's well past the age of childbearing. And at that time, when Abram's 99 years old, God says, hey, this is the right time. <laughs> Now's the time. It's time. And the Bible says that when, when God appeared to them, that both of them laughed at the Lord. Like, like God, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like, look, look at the story in Genesis chapter 18. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. <laughs> And now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. 
And Abram and Sarah were already old and they were well advanced in years. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. It gives us that detail, making sure, just so that you have no doubts. And she says, so it says, because of that, Sarah laughed. She laughs to herself. And she thought, after I'm a worn, after I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? She's laughing. Oh, God, are you serious? This is crazy. And God took offense to it. And God said, are you you saying that I can't do something that's impossible? The Lord Lord said to Abraham, why? Why did Sarah just laugh at me? Can you imagine? Why did she laugh and say, well, I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And can I just ask that same, like you're, God is giving you dreams. He's, he's planting these things in your heart. He's making things happen. And you're like, I'm too old. I don't have enough money. I, I don't have the right resources. I just don't think I, it's totally absurd. And the Lord is just saying to you today, is there anything too hard for me to do? <laughs> and he says, I'll return to you at the appointed time next year. And guess what? You will have a son. Because I'm faithful, I'm good on my promises. That God that I serve, that you and I serve, he is in control, everyone. And sometimes it's not on our timeline, but he's still in control. And if we can't trust him for this, then we can't trust him for anything. We've got to trust him. God's saying, I've got you. I know that you don't understand. I know that you don't think this can happen, but I've got you. And I'm, we, we have to trust the Lord. We have to trust the Lord. Romans chapter 4 says, without weakening in his faith. This is now later on talking about Abraham. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. He's 99 years old. And since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God but he was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. And the church said, amen, amen. The third thing, God always does the right thing even if it doesn't seem right. Now the distinction between this point and the last couple points is the fact that this doesn't, this is not the one, like it doesn't sound crazy, This point makes the point that, God, you're wrong. That's not right. And we do that from time to time, don't we? God will do some things in our life. He'll he'll, he'll make some ways in our life, or he'll lead us in a direction. We'll say, ah, God, that's not the right way. That's not right. That's not right. And can I tell you, God is not wrong. (laughs) He always, always does the right thing, even if it seems like it's wrong. He always does the right thing. And the story we're going to look at here is God wants to destroy Sodom. There's this evil place, and there's these people who are corrupt and who are totally against God. I mean, this this crazy stuff that is happening. They were so corrupt that God literally said, I want to wipe them out. I want to wipe them out. The only problem is, is that Abraham's, Abraham's nephew lived there. Lot lived in that city. And so Abraham literally goes to God and says, God, I, I don't think you're making the right call here. I think you're, think you're being a little too mean. I think you're being a little too harsh to those people. Like, I just, I just don't think you, you shouldn't wipe them out. And so Abraham literally voices that to God, and he says, will you sweep away the righteousness, the righteous ones with the wicked people? And then he goes on this journey, you can read it, that he bargains with God. And he says, well, well would you... Would you do it if there, were, if there were 50, if you could find 50 righteous people, would you still wipe them out? God says, okay, nope, I wouldn't wipe them out if there were 50 righteous people. <laughs> then Abraham gets kind of nervous. He's like, I don't know if I can count 50 righteous people. So if there's 45 righteous people, God, would you still wipe them out? If there's 40, and he goes all the way down, he's, and God says, okay, you know, if I, if I can find 40 righteous people, yeah, I won't wipe them out. And Abraham works it all the way down to the number of family that he knew was there. And so God says, okay, I won't do it. But there are times that we, we all question God. And can I tell you, 
it's, I, I got to be careful how I say this, because in a way, there, there are times where you are, I'm not going to say it's okay to question God, but I am going to say that there are times where you are going to question God. And I'll even take it as far to say that Jesus even questioned God. So questioning God is not always wrong. I'll say this. Questioning God is not always wrong as long as you come to the right conclusion. And so even Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he came to the right conclusion in the end of that prayer. I mean, you look, that was right before he goes to the cross. But Lord, not my will, but your will be done. He came to the right conclusion. But there are times where we're always going to ask God, God, are you doing the right thing? And can I tell you, it's, it's okay to question God if you come to the right conclusion. And Abraham did that. In fact, at the end of this story, he just leaves it in God's hands and he says, Will not the judge of the earth do what is right? And he does, by the way. He will do what is right. And so let me make this point. From the, from the, from the time to time, you're going to say things like, God, what you're doing is not fair. It's not fair. But that's based on your own idea of justice. It's based on your own idea of righteousness. It's based on your own understanding. But I want you to know that the judge of all the earth, he does right. And faith understands that. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 14, it says there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So we think, what we, we have our own idea of righteousness and what's right, but the judge of the universe, he knows what is right. So what do we do? We have to trust. We have to have that faith. Last one, God always does the right thing even if we don't understand it. Even if we don't understand. The last story here, God tests Abraham. And he's about to give Abraham the greatest test he's ever going to have in his life. To set up the story, Abraham and Sarah, they have a son. They name him Isaac. Isaac is their only, the only son that they would have. <laughs> the, the one to be the stars, you know, like to create all the stars in the sky, you know, like all, he's, he's that one. He's the only one. And God, out of the clear blue, comes to Abraham one day and says, Abraham, I want you to take your son to Mount Moriah, and I'm going to give you some instructions. And God literally walks them through, takes Abraham to the top of this mountain, and asks Abraham to sacrifice his only son. The one that he had promised. The one that he had waited a hundred years to get. And now the, what's unique in this story and what you learn later is that God never intended for Abraham to sacrifice his son. It actually just became the greatest test of faith that he would ever go through. And the most interesting part is, is that Abram questions God all the way through his life, except this. Like up until this point, Abram had questioned and tried to figure it out his own way all the way up until this point. And by this point, Abraham had so much faith and trust in the Lord that he didn't even say a thing about getting ready to sacrifice his son. He just starts packing the stuff up. He doesn't even ask any questions. That's the faith level. Can you imagine the faith level that he's at? Why does he do it? It's because by this time, he, he trusts God completely in this moment. He's been, his whole life has mounted up to this one moment for him to trust in God. Which, by the way, that's the place where I'm trying to get you today. Because the more you serve God, the more you live life with him, the more faithful he is, the more right he is. I mean, after a series of seeing those, the faithfulness of Jesus, you can take a step back in your life and say, all right, God, you know what? I know this sounds crazy, absurd. I know I don't understand it, but I trust you. And look at what scripture says. It was by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, he offered his own son, Isaac, as a sacrifice. And so here's the story. The story is literally, he takes him to the top of this mountain, and actually he lays him on this altar, and the knife is over him. That's how close it gets. And then the Lord speaks to Abraham and says, No, stop. Use the ram that's caught in the thicket that I provided for you over there. And look at 
So that's the story. And so later in Hebrews, it says, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac, he, he's, he's saying that he's offering his only son, even though God had promised Isaac to be the offspring that, 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 would, that, would, that would one day bring Jesus. But Abram, look at what this says. I highlighted it for you. This is the most important part of the story. Is that Abram had so much faith that he actually reasoned that if he would kill his son, he believed that God would actually raise him from the dead. As bizarre as that is, that God, if I, I trust you enough that if I kill my only son, that you're going to raise him from the dead that you're still going to make a way. Abram, Abraham was planning to go through with it, and he counted on God to raise him from the dead. That's faith. That's faith. And I don't think I'm there. I don't think I'm there yet. I was reading this this week. I'm like, how in the world did Abraham do that? You know what it is? <laughs> the more you know him, the more you trust him. The more you, I mean... At a hundred something years old now, man, the more I've the more I've seen God work in my life, the more the more I trust Him, and that's what those who know the Lord they just trust Him. They know that He knows best, and so now that we've learned this from Abraham, I you, you know what I'm thinking? I'm literally thinking that I'm. <laughs> there are times in my life where I'm like, God, I'm glad that you didn't answer the a bunch of nonsense prayers that I've prayed in my past. You ever been there before? Like, God, I'm thankful that you didn't, <laughs> you didn't answer my prayer. You ever, you ever look back on, I, I got a prayer journal, you know, and so I, 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 I try to, and it's not, <laughs> it's not a diary, it's a journal, you know, and so I, I, I jot down some notes and, and look back, and there are some things I'm like, yes, Lord, thank you for coming through with that, and some of the things I'm like, thank you, Lord, for not even answering that or touching that, you know. Like how many of you, how many of you have ever looked up your old girlfriend or boyfriend from high school or junior high or something? And you're like, thank you, Lord, that you didn't. <laughs> you prayed and prayed that you would get married to this one person, and now you're like, thank you, thank you, Jesus. He didn't answer that prayer, right? <laughs> like how you ladies, you like you knew that guy. He was a hunk in high school, and now he's he's just a tub of goo. You know what I mean? Like, and you're like, thank you, Lord. God knows best. Like I. I <laughs> we've got those, we got those prayers, don't we, that we think we, we, think we know what's best. But we understand what the, the goal, the goal here, we've got to give up the quest of trying to understand everything, and the goal is to trust him instead. So I think Abraham's encouragement would just simply be a matter of perspective. And as a pastor, and I go through a lot of difficult situations where I personally feel like there are so many situations every day that I feel like I just don't have the words to say. I feel like I have to have the perfect words to say, but I don't have any words to say. You know what? Like, and the fact is, is I, I don't. I, I don't have the words to say. And if there's one thing that I've learned from the story of Abraham that I can take home, it's just that I, have to, I, I, don't, I don't have to have it together all the time. Like I, I can take my eyes off here, and I'm just going to focus them on heaven. Like I, 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 I think that's the, I have to trust that God knows what he's doing, even though I can't explain it. And so... It's interesting to me that the book of Hebrews, that, that Hall of Fame of Faith that I was telling you about, it finishes its explanation with Abraham with one general thought that I'm going to give you. I actually took the one general thought and broke it down into two, and, and I'm going to give you these two to end. The first one is this, is that the, the thought at the end of that Hebrews verse is, don't make this earth your home. And so don't get satisfied here. And so my encouragement to you, church, is let's... Let's just understand that everything that happens on this earth, it's, it's not all going to work in your favor. That it's, a, a lot, some people think that when you, when you accept Jesus that it's just butterflies and rainbows forever. You know, that's, that's not what it is. You're just, we're just passing through. In Hebrews chapter 11, this is what the verse says, that by faith, Abram, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. And he lived in tents, and as did Isaac and Jacob. Even though God gave Abraham a home here on this earth, Abraham said, no, this is not my home. Heaven's my home. I know, 
I know, <laughs> I know what's going to happen. I know where I'm going. I'm going to meet God one day. And it said, Who's, who were heirs with him of the same promise? For he was looking forward to, a city with, to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. What, what, what was he saying? That Abraham wasn't concerned too much about this earth. He knew that his home was his architect, was an architect who builds mansions for him, everyone. Like that, he knew it. And the second thing that he knew is that we need to live with an eternal perspective. And so he did this. And I just want to challenge us, church, that in everything we do, how we use our time, how we use our money, how we use our resources, that we live with an eternal perspective. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 12 says, And so this one man, and he was as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Guess what? The promise was fulfilled. But you know the unique thing about Abraham's, Abraham's story here? is that the promise was fulfilled way after he was gone. He never saw it. He never saw it here on this earth. And that's a bummer, ain't it? <laughs> like, like, man, that stinks. And you know, that's a bummer unless you have an eternal perspective. Unless you see. And some of you, let's talk about dads today. Some of you came from a family where you didn't, you didn't have a dad. Or your dad wasn't the best type of dad. You didn't do, I, I, I don't know where you came from. But you have the opportunity today as a father. And that's why I said at the beginning of the message, and I'm so proud of the dads in the church today. Because you have an opportunity to make a generational difference. And you might not see it right now. In fact, the warning is you may never see it. You won't see it unless you have an eternal perspective. All these people were still living by faith when they died, and yet they did not receive the things. <laughs> God promised them some great things, but they didn't, they didn't even receive it. They only saw them, and they welcomed them from a distance. They welcomed them from heaven, and they admitted that they were just aliens and strangers here on this earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own, if they had been thinking of that country they had left, they would have had the they they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country. <laughs> they were looking for a heavenly one, and therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Abram was one of those great. This is talking about at the end of this chapter. It talks about all the people of faith. And that they're all, they're, they were all looking for a heavenly home. And Abram was one of them. Abraham was one of them. And they got it. And that's what I want you to get to. And Abraham had so many things. I guarantee in his story, there were so many things that he wished that would have went different. He wanted them done in a different way. But in the end, I think if he was here preaching to you today, I think he'd say, God, always... Always, always, even though, even though I may have done it wrong, even though I may have messed it up sometimes, God always does the right thing. Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you. And Father, we're just thankful that you're ever faithful. And Lord, even when we don't understand what's going on, Lord, sometimes even when we're frustrated, Lord, with the things that are happening in our life, Lord, we understand that your hand is on it and that you're in control. And so, Lord, today... I pray that um, our church would be able to release some of those things to you. And, Lord, the things that are heavy on our hearts, the situations that we don't understand. Lord, the promises that you've given us, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be faithful to follow after those promises and the dreams that you've given in our heart, even though we can't see them right now physically in front of us. And, Lord, I'm just ever, ever grateful for, the, for Abraham and Lord, the father of faith that he is to each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that one day that you would build our faith up to the level to where we could trust you completely just like he did at the end of his life. That, Lord, even if you ask us to do something, something that we don't understand, Lord, I just can't imagine the feeling that Abraham would have with the knife above his son. Lord, I pray that we would have the full faith and trust 
to just do what you said to do because we know that your ways are good. We know that you see from an eternal perspective. So, Lord, I pray, I pray that that faith would rise in each and every one of us today. Help our faith rise. Lord, I pray for the fathers in the room. Lord, I pray that their faith would begin to rise. Lord, I thank you that you've set them as an example here for their, for their wife, for their children. Lord, that you've put them in that place in, on purpose, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you would help them steward their family well, that you would that you would help them be the leader of faith that you've called them to be in their family. So, Lord, I thank you for the the leaders, the faith and the trust that they have to have in you in order to be able to lead uh, their family well. Lord, we love you. Lord, we just ask all of us, I think all of us, we just want to build and grow our faith just like Abraham's faith was. We love you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hey, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this place, you say, Pastor Noah... I've never prayed that prayer. I've never accepted Jesus into my life. I've never surrendered my life. I've never started that faith journey. Well, your faith journey can start today. And, you know, there are some things that you might not understand right now. But my prayer is, is that if you commit today to starting that faith journey, that uh, I know that God will be right there with you. He can see your life from an eternal perspective. And you might be in this room today and say, Pastor, I just don't know if I can start that faith journey because I just think that my life's too screwed up. I've just, I've just messed it up. Listen, that's not the case. Abraham was a messed up guy too, but God can redeem it and he can turn it around and he can start it in your life too today. And so if that's you and you say, Pastor Noah, I just I need to surrender my life over to him today. I need to surrender my life over to Jesus. Let's do that together. In fact, church, we're all gonna pray this prayer because we all believe it, but let's say this together. Repeat this after me. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this, say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, would you clap for all those people who prayed that prayer today?